All aboard the gravy train! Are you riding your financial planner or broker's gravy train? Your financial prospectus outlines how brokers are allowed to charge you hidden fees. Next stop, hidden fees! Want to take back control of your retirement income? Just get off at the next stop. And tune in to the Total Financial Hour with host Arif Halaby, Sundays at 11 a.m. Learn about your financial power on the Total Financial Hour, Sundays at 11 a.m. on AM870, The Answer. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halavi, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategies using insurance and annuity products, which are guaranteed by the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab. Good morning. Welcome to the show. I'm Arab Hallaby. Thanks for being with me. We talk about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. Kind of making sure you at least can live the life that that you deserve, maybe. Maybe the life you dreamed of. Somewhere in between there, I guess. The life you deserved and the life you dreamed of. <laughs> Have you ever thought about that? It's like, what do I really deserve? For most of us, you know that without the grace of God, we would uh, probably deserve a whole lot worse. So this is exciting time, though. In the world of financial numbers, planning, it, it used to be your responsibility was just to show up at work, you know, not punch your boss, do what you were told, keep your mouth shut, work a little harder, stay a little later. You'd receive a promotion. Then you would go, maybe get a pay raise, take a vacation, your obligatory two-week vacation, go somewhere, do something, come back, do it all over again. 36 and a half years, a gold watch, and your home that you purchased 40 years ago is now paid off, and you start all over again. You know, for a lot of you, you don't understand that 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 is the way it was just recently, not too long ago. I mean, this is not a a, a new phenomenon because your pension, your retirement, your life savings was paid for by having less debt, right? Your home was paid off by having some money in the savings account, a 5% CD per year. Remember, those used to exist. It would also put you in the other side of things where you'd have Social Security check and a pension that would give you food, shelter, clothing, pay for your bills. And then your life expectancy was eh, 68, 64, 72, right? You didn't know anything about kale except it was a decoration at the local Swedish barbecue or buffet, right? You would go to this buffet and you'd see it there. You would, People, don't, don't, don't eat that. That's not good. Jimmy, put that down, right? Oh, it's the garnish. Yeah, don't eat parsley. It's the garnish. Why is it here? I don't know, but they just put it right next to the oranges. All right, take it. Right, You didn't realize that a shake in the morning and doing some sort of Pilates or walking or exercise to whether it be, uh, I was going to say her name, but my Vietnam friends would uh, object, but whatever it would be, the aerobics on TV, right? We'd follow those people. And all of a sudden, life became living longer, 
your job became more about you, you being fulfilled. And so what is retirement like now? What is happening now with Social Security? Look, the, this might seem impossible to even think of, but in 1980, 1981, 1979, we were getting double-digit increases. In other words, 10, 11, 14% cost of living increases with Social Security. Right, so so that means if you had a two thousand dollar a month social security, the next year it was twenty two hundred, the next year it was twenty four fifty, and the next year it was twenty eight hundred. Uh, you, you know, very quickly your social security was getting a fifty percent plus increase. And then we had the Bush and the Clinton years when nine eleven occurred, and they drove interest rates down to the floor, and they really never come uh, came back. I mean, we had a little blip in the. 05, 06, 07, right, right in that period of time. But immediately interest rates went right back to the floor and Social Security took a dive once again. So we have been at the 2% mark for five, six, seven, almost 10 years, I guess. Right, even, even with some zeros. So your average rate of return in your retirement account or your Social Security can impact you. So what I want to push through today is a couple of things. One, they expect to raise Social Security by about 5%, plus or minus. We think that's going to be your increase. Now, the last couple of times that they raise Social Security, let's be clear on what they do with it. It comes in the front door, and then they raise Medicare premiums out the back door. And remember, the Bill Clinton-Newt Gingrich conversation in the 90s said, we are going to now tax Social Security. But such few people ever made enough money to qualify for that the way they did the formula that it was for those people. Remember, you guys all did the, oh, yeah, I think we should tax the rich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get those those people. We tax the rich. And under, you know, Bill Clinton, we said, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to tax the rich. And then today they're all chasing you and you say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Put the pitchfork down. Let's have a conversation. Why am I the rich? I'm middle class. You know, an amazing thing, we had a client in the other day, in the same day, we had two different clients, bookends, if you will, one that has about $30,000 they've put with us for their retirement account. We love them. We care for them. We treat them exactly the same. Their income is about $6,000 a month. They'll retire in probably 10 years. And we have a nice little income strategy to make sure that they're going to be okay. Later in the day, somebody else came in. She makes $55,000 a month. And both, you know, she's worth millions. She's like, Eric, I can't spend all this money. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. But it's interesting because both of them consider themselves middle class. In fact, I ask them, so where do you think you you fall? Middle class, uh, lower income, upper income? Where, Where do you fit? Are you the rich? So far, I've never had anybody come in and says, yes, I am the rich. Nobody's ever done that and said, yep, that's me. So be clear about this. Whenever That's what the Democrats do. Their job is to make you label people, right? They say they're against labels. That is how they live. Everybody lives off of a label. You have to be an LBGTQXYZ. You have to be one of those. You have to be transgender, biphobic, double. They just make up names because their goal is to not call you an American. Because if they call you an American, they cannot divide you. Because America is such a strong bond. 
right? Whether you are a heavily accented person from the Central America or the Middle East or Asia, and you're an American, you're called an American. Try to go to France and be third generation Senegal, where they speak French fluently. Third generation Senegal, if you're not clear, they're black. And then ask any Parisian, any Frenchman or French lady, is that person French? What will they tell you? No. I'm not picking on France. I love France. But you can do this with Belgium. You can do this with Portugal. You can do this with any place. And they will tell you the same thing. But come to the United States and you are called an American. And the four and a half people, uh, you know, per hundred thousand or something that are, quote, white supremacists. I mean, you understand they have to do that to break you up because when they start to raise taxes on people, as they're doing, when they start to take from some to give to others, they have to demonize those people. You deify some, quote, the victim, and you demonize others, the systemic perpetrators that don't even know that they're doing something bad, right? It's like playing a game with your kids in elementary school. Can you imagine? You're playing a game, and what's the name of the game? It's called the invisible rules. So no matter what you do, you can't win. Right? Imagine you tell your kids, I have the rules to the game. And you say, okay, what are they? I'm not going to tell you. Well, what's the game? I'm not going to tell you. Well, how do I know if I'm winning? You don't. How do I know if I'm losing? You don't. And every time you want to do something, you want to take from them or put them in the penalty box or punish them, you just say, oh, you violated a rule. I said, what rule? Not going to tell you. The Democrats, the progressives are living off of this. Folks, if you are still, quote, a moderate Democrat, you have to understand your party has left you. You're irrelevant to the conversation. You're irrelevant. Now, just like if you are a um, socialist, libertarian, Republican with views of this, but believe in democracy, right? And you call yourself a Republican. The party is no longer about you. Right? The George Bushes. Not about you. The, the idea that you better start saving for yourself because everybody is coming after you. Everybody. They're playing games. They're not telling you the rules. They're not even telling you the game. At least in the past, they used to tell you the game. Hey, we're playing baseball. You're like, what rules are we playing by? We're not going to tell you. All right. At least I generally know the game. But now you say something or do something, you have to go back and apologize. Can you imagine if it's the fourth quarter of the game? of the Super Bowl, the fourth quarter, the ninth inning of the World Series, of the seventh game. And they say, uh, excuse me, Jimmy, yes, we have a rule change. Back in the third inning, we are making some changes. The score has now changed. Uh, Jimmy, yeah, the kickoff at the beginning of the first quarter, uh, there's been some rule changes. We are adjusting the score and the statistics as we speak. What would you say? You'd say, well, that's not right. And you have people coming back and apologizing for their great-grandfather who participated in the Civil War or the Revolutionary War. Come on. Oh, I'm sorry. In 2008, I sent an insensitive tweet. Uh, I really feel bad about it. Please forgive me. I am doing this uh, moral obligation apology so that all of you will know 
how wrong I am, I will sit off to the side and not play the game for a while. I will self-punish myself because that's exactly what I deserve. All, all I want you to do is, is go to the map uh, app on your phone or on your computer. Do a sky search over the Beverly Hills uh, area of California, over the, the San Francisco, over the, the Hamptons. Do a search over this area and take a look at their homes with their tennis courts and their indoor-outdoor pools. Sometimes you can tell. And their homes. Yeah, no, no, not hotels. I know that it looks like there's a lot of hotels there. No, no, no. They're homes. And look at how they, they want you to be punished. You have to close your store. You have to close your restaurant. You cannot go to work. You have to sit there and take government money while they say, oh, I know quarantine is so hard. I just haven't been over to those other 10,000 square feet of house. And I've only been able to swim in the indoor pool. You guys, I'm, for some of you, I'm proud of you for fighting. For some of you, I'm proud of you for standing up because you don't have a choice. Listen, for a while, you're going to be nice, right? That's the difference. Conservatives are nice. They're just decent people. They call people, you know, man, woman, friend, not a friend. They don't have 75 different genders like the state of California or 72. Sorry, I overestimated 72 different genders you can put on your driver's license. That's not a joke. 72 different genders instead of male or female. When I was a Los Angeles policeman, we had two male, female. And when you weren't sure, you would ask. Yes, it's not polite, but you have to know because you're filling out the ticket or you're filling out a police report. And I have to know, should I have a female search you or a male? If you're going to jail, that's what you do. It's not being published anywhere. It's not to hurt anybody's feelings. It's because you look like an androgyny type person. Okay. It was the eighties. We have to figure this out. I'm proud of you guys for standing up. Some of you are standing up strongly. Because now Social Security, they're going to they're going to try to bait you. They're going to try to convince you. But I promise you, they will raise Medicare premiums. So you think you're getting if you have a two thousand dollar a month Social Security check, you think you're going to get a five percent or one hundred dollars a month coming in. They'll take probably half right out the back door and raise your Medicare premiums. Part A, part B, supplemental, whatever. You're not going to receive receive it. You have to prepare. And why I want you to plan and prepare for yourself is simple. Because they are changing the rules for those with power. And you may have to fight. You may, and I don't mean you know physically fight, punching, punching and kicking and that kind of stuff. You're going to have to fight. And it might mean that somebody else will withhold your social security check. It might mean something else is going to happen to the union. Right? Where the union now says if you don't get in line and come and sign this petition. If you don't get behind us, you're against us and we will withhold your benefits. It could happen. What are they going to do? Say, Sumi, how much money do you have? How much money do they have? Of course, they're going to say, sue you, Sumi, right? So we see this happening. There's been a big push behind unions now. The Supreme Court this week has said that unions cannot, or last week, unions cannot 
come onto private property in order to convince people to unionize. Now, for some of you, you may not think that's a big deal. But for business owners, I mean, you realize that what you're doing is you have to allow people to come on your personal property so they can unionize and charge you more money to have them work for you. It's like the, the world is upside down, right? So rightfully so, on a six to three vote, certainly uh, party lines. And it said, very straightforward, you can't come onto private property to unionize. Private property is private property. You have access today with apps on your phone and with geo-targeting, you know, geo-fencing where you can target people who work within an area. There's plenty of ways to get to people, not just the flyers on their cars in the parking lot. So that has changed. I think you're going to see some union revenue starting to drop. Just like for the last year and a half, when businesses were not employing people, but people were getting paychecks from the government, there's a difference between earned income, which means you go to work, you earn it, and unearned income, which be which would be 401k, social security, pension, or government handouts. Government handouts is not earned income. You still have to pay income tax. It's both subject to whatever, wherever you are income tax-wise. But what's important is to know you do not pay payroll tax, which was partly goes to the states for their unemployment insurance, partly goes to the states for their uh, disability insurance, and it goes to the federal government's coffers for Social Security. So when you have a year and a half of no money going into Social Security, now you have people wanting a pay raise, rightfully or wrongfully. I, I don't know. I'd probably agree with them. I think things are have gone up quite a bit. So I think we should give folks a pay raise in Social Security, especially since they really haven't kept up with inflation in the last decade anyway. But there just isn't money for it. Right under the current rules, in order to pay 100% of Social Security, we only have enough money till 2033. 2033. That means, what, uh, 10, 12 years, 12 years from now? Sorry, no more money. Now, it doesn't mean that Social Security disappears. Here's what it does. They just say, hey, your last paycheck was $1,000. This paycheck's going to be about seven fifty. So there's enough money to pay for a certain percentage. And if they don't make adjustments, if they don't fix it, and they're not going to, because every time one political party tries to fix it, the other one calls them, you hate old people. You're going to push granny off the cliff. Remember Remember that story? Right. Poor Paul Ryan, who's actually I think he's definitely more of a rhino, but but his budget skills are pretty dang good. He, he knew how to fix the government's budget problems and to have him as a vice president would have worked. I'm not sure how Romney would have turned out as a president. I, I think probably better than what we had for sure. But I think he's he's part of that establishment. So is most of Congress. That's why President Trump had such power with the people. And almost no power with the political entities. Because you see, the politicians, the presidents, the senators, they come and go. But the government worker is there for 30 years. And they get promoted and they know where the bodies are buried. They know how to manipulate things. The generals, they know how to 
how to hide things, how to tell you what you want to hear. Listen to the same general who was a strong general under President Trump. And now he goes before Congress. I'm trying to deal with being white. Excuse me. You should be ashamed of yourself. Like you fell for that, buddy. You're supposed to be the smart non-involved. Uh, and now you, you're, you're dealing with being white. What the heck does that mean? That's part of that. We have an invisible game. We're playing with invisible rules. So let's see if you can guess by accident how to win favor. Oh, I'm going to go and say this on Twitter. No, no, wrong. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to go before Congress with my general medals. And I'm going to look like a clown, like a buffoon. Can you imagine how embarrassed his family was? He testifies before Congress and says, I'm trying to deal with being white. What the heck? All of a sudden, that weird stuff, right? And most of you are like, listen, I got to pay my bills. I got to pick up this from the grocery store. I need to go to church this weekend. My grandkids are coming over. I, most of us have other things going on. And we just call friend a friend. And if this guy's nice, he's nice. And if he works for us and he does well, or if my boss is a good guy, right? Uh, this whole thing about all of a sudden parsing people into that it's about taking money from you. That is it. Power and money. It has nothing to do. You cannot go backwards and change a tweet or change that you were white or change that your great grandfather did this or your great, great, great grandmother was part of that. You can't do any of that. Right. The, the lady who was the largest slaveholder ever in the history of the United States is a black female out of Louisiana. The amount of blacks in the South that had slaves. I want to track down those wealthy slave owners and their children need to pay reparations because they had slaves. Some of them were white. Some were Irish. Some were Polish. And I think those black folks need to pay for those. What? Why would you say that? We're going to play that. Does that not sound dumb? Right? You have to realize part of this is just designed to keep your eye off the ball. Right? I mean, you understand that. Jacob Gaskin. He was born free, decided that he would uh, end up with a few slaves. Yep. He had a plantation, decided to do it. Slavery has always been around. It's amazing, guys. You got to learn. Learn the facts. Stand up. Listen to people like Dennis Prager, Glenn Beck, Larry Elder. Right? I, I think you need to know that because that's the only way that you're going to consider to fight back and be somebody who's decent. Right? Maria Matoya. Matoyer. I don't know how to pronounce that. She had 287 slaves by 1830. 287. Black lady out of Louisiana. Start fighting back with facts. Right? Start talking about this. And say, wait a second. We're Americans. Nobody has a perfect history. Because I think one of the things you've got to look at is how are they going to take money from you? And I want you to feel very comfortable about this because 
you need to know what's happening next. And they're going to make you start taking out on these required minimum distributions unless we can fix it. We want to go over some of that when we come back. The required minimum distributions. There may be some changes coming. We used to be 70 and a half. Then it changed to age 72. They're considering moving it up to age 73, four, five. Over time, start making adjustments. And if they can do that, you're going to be in a better spot. Because then you're not going to be forced to take money out. We'll be back in just a minute, guys, on the Total Financial Hour. I want to give you our number, 888-99-RETIRE, 888-99-RETIRE. Okay, that'll get a hold of us anytime during the show, even after the show. And if not, you leave a message, we'll get back to you. All throughout the week as well, that's 888-997-3847. When we come back, Social Security changes, required minimum distribution changes, and how to stand up to keep from being taken. You'll see why when we come back. The Total Financial Hour on AM870. The answer. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably. Thanks to Arab Halabi. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for staying with me. I'm Arif Halaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. All right, we're talking about your family's finances a little bit, some of the political stuff that's changing because it's happening fast. You have to be careful uh, because it does impact you. Now, what is the required minimum distribution? What was the normal? I'll, I'll start with how it used to be or what it was supposed to be anyway. You're young. You're making a lot of money. You pay a lot of taxes. While you're in that world, you start saving money. So at a higher tax bracket, you're deferring dollars. Now, you still pay Social Security taxes on it. You still pay payroll taxes. That still comes out of those dollars, but no income tax. That's set off to the side, sits in an IRA or a 401k, or depending if you work for a nonprofit, it might be a 403b. If you work for a school district, that kind of thing. If you work for a city, county, state, it's usually called a 457 or deferred compensation plan. So you set money aside at the higher tax bracket. You get to retirement age. You're supposedly in the lower tax bracket. And that's when you start taking money out and you would pay less taxes on that money. You earned interest on the money you would have paid taxes on. You deferred it for the future and you grew that that wealth. Here's the reality. It used to be that way. But along the way, they started making changes to your tax world allowing you to deduct your children, to write off your kids, your house mortgage interest. Right? That never happened before. What is that? Right? It's something that all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we deserve, we need. Like, do you understand that's, that's a new thing relatively in the history of, of the world? Because it's, it really mattered when interest rates for houses were 10, 12, 19%. Right? When interest rate for your home loan was such a high number, Having a tax write-off softened that blow. 
Now interest write-offs for your home mortgage interest. It's only your interest, not your payment. It's such a low, 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 low number. It's, it's almost irrelevant. That's why President Trump, when his tax bill said uh, the, the state income tax adjustments, you, you don't get to write off everything. You don't get to write off. And it affected people in high tax states like California and Illinois. It affected people in high tax states like New Jersey, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New York. So they were not happy. But interest rates on a mortgage were so low that it the reason that we had that to begin with, listen, the Trump administration is guilty of a lot of things, and one of those is simple. It, couldn't, it didn't communicate the proper way, in my opinion. It didn't make it clear whatever its positions were on certain things. It just said, and that's, and I'm doing it because, right, like your mom, because, because I said so. And his ideas are brilliant for the right reasons most of the time, in my opinion. And if people would have been communicated as to why, then they would say, okay, here's the problem. Meaning when the national average of interest rates, let's just say hits 5%, will will allow that interest rate deduction to come back, maybe something like that, right? When they give you a write-off for your children when they're young, guess, guess what happens to them when you're retired? Yeah, they're past the age of 18. So in a normal world today, you have interest write-offs on your mortgage, when you're paying more interest, which is the very first 10 or 15 years of the mortgage, you're paying much, much more interest. Your children are younger, which means you have a write-off. You have business expenses uh, that are not uh, refundable or that if you own a small business, you cannot take off later because guess what? You don't have a business, hence you're retired. So now, today, you retire, your kids are grown, your house mortgage, if you still have one, is very low in interest comparatively to the payment. Right, if you make a payment of two thousand a month, maybe two or three hundred dollars a month is interest. The rest is principal, so you barely get to write off anything. And the kids have grown, so there's no write-offs, there's no dependents, there's no business write-offs. And now, there's a big chunk of money called your four hundred one k and your pension. That's why it's a huge mistake, not a little one, a huge mistake, to put money into a four hundred one k traditional. 401k because you can't write it off later, right? Later, you have to take it as income. You don't get any tax benefits later. So what you should be doing when you have substantial write-offs, probably the most amount of write-offs you're going to have, is you should be looking at the Roth, R-O-T-H. So in other words, people are doing it completely backwards, because you're doing it based under today's tax rules. And usually you have a working life of about 20 or 30 or 40 years, right? So, so it's hard to guess what's going to happen in the future, the way the tax systems, what political party is going to be in power, what, what movements of the country are going to take place. So consider this when you are setting aside money into a 401k. Do something called a conversion analysis. A conversion analysis, meaning should I take some of my money each and every year while I still have some sort of write-offs and convert it from a traditional into a Roth? If you can do that as time goes on, then when you are 72, 
you do not have the required minimum distributions. Because the required minimum distributions only apply to money that has yet to be taxed. But a Roth IRA has already been taxed. A Roth 401k has already been taxed. So you've had a much, much better way of establishing and managing and planning because then when you take money out of your retirement accounts, it does not impact the taxation of your social security checks. Let me be clear again on this. When you are retired, if you pull money from your uh, 401k or 457, your, your IRAs, and you are also receiving a social security check, and it is a traditional IRA, meaning you have yet to pay taxes on it, when you take that money out, it can and will impact whether or not your social security check is taxed and at what tax bracket. So that's a problem for some of you because right then the kids are grown. Right then the tax write-offs are very minimal. Right then the house mortgage is nearly paid off or at least a substantial portion of the interest is paid off. So we have to be sure you're not going to get yourself in a mess. Because here's what's happening. At age 72, they currently have a required minimum distribution. Our goal is for them to not have a required minimum distribution. right? Our goal is to not have any of those and just have you take it out when you want to take it out. right? If you give me a tax write-off on it today, then let me decide when I want to take it out. It's my money. That, that would be nice. I think if we had a conservative president and a conservative Congress, I think you have a really good chance of that being the law of the land. I also think that you're going to see some movements occur with some more of this student loan forgiveness. Now, that's going to impact everything because when they do that, the money is not being paid back, which means the government needs to find the money somewhere. When they stop allowing these great private sector jobs like oil exploration and uh, pipeline, right? they're not allowing those jobs. And when they do that, guess what? No income tax, no payroll tax, no dollars to come to the treasury. And we're not talking about 10 jobs. We're talking about a huge amount of jobs. When the, the government allows the environmental group environmentalist group to really run rampant. They just sued. That's how they derailed President Trump. You realize that. They just sued him on everything. They kind of tried to dig their heels in and, and pull back on the rope and just, he had to pull and pull and pull. And instead of running full speed ahead, like they allow Biden to do, they put obstacles in front of President Trump every time he turned around. That's why it's still astonishing the amount of uh, things he accomplished. Because he did it with the media against him, with Democrats against him, with most Republicans against him. He did it with the unions, except for a few, right? Because the unions understand if we get our guys to work, then we're going to make more union dues. And that's why the SEIU and some of the other big unions sided with President Trump. It's why both the police and fire unions in the country sided with President Trump. So you had a lot of understanding that if there were more jobs and if the, the government was opened up, people would have a great career and 
pay more dues. I mean, it's, a, it's economic. So we're wondering what's going to happen with this next go-around. Will they raise that required minimum distribution? There are, uh, there's current legislation pushing that till age 73, seven, and then having it change a little bit each and every year. So by the time, let's say you are a 50-year-old, by the time you reach age 75 or 77, that's when your first required minimum distribution would be done. Now, one of the things that happens, which is amazing under President Trump's uh, tax plan, was the ability for you to continue to contribute to these plans. Now, it sounds kind of, I don't know what the right word is, backwards. Because what they did is they said, you're required to take money out over here. But if you're still working, you can put it right back into a retirement account. Meaning one step forward, one step back. Right? Money comes in the front door, is taxed. You put it out the back door and put it right back into a retirement plan. And under these current world, right? There's a proposal. Maybe we can take it all the way to age 75. The difference is at age 75, you could end up with a lot more money for your family. And believe it or not, a lot more money for you, for your long-term care, for your assisted living, for your inheritance. Remember, you're the one that worked for this money. It's funny how the government thinks it's, it's their privilege to let you keep money. It's their privilege to give you the option, you know, to work for them. During the whole pandemic thing, you realize those people never lost a paycheck. Uh, I mean, you need to say this. Look at the folks in Virginia, down in Texas, some other states and cities that are fighting back against this craziness of critical race theory. You guys, they are teaching your children to be racist. Imagine you flash forward and you wake up and you're in uh, the Democrat-run Alabama and you have the strong KKK presence and the racists and they go to the school district and they're telling the school district to teach that black and white people are different because of the skin, uh, the color of their skin. You call yourself a decent human being, then you would have stood up for that. You would have marched with Martin Luther King. Take a look at the video, people. They were white and black in the middle of Washington, D.C. and in Selma, Alabama. Maybe 50-50%, I don't know, but you saw them everywhere. That means you need to be the one standing up, black and white, conservative and and, uh, you know, just regular Republican center of the road people, even Democrats, liberals. They are teaching your children to be racist at your public schools. You have to stand up. And in some of these companies, have you thought about this for a minute? Have you thought about this as, a, as an employer? Your employer is requiring you to take racist classes, to take classes that, that has nothing to do with building a better circuit board or being a better restaurateur or, or serving your customers better in the financial industry. No, no, no. It's about you learning the social injustice and justice, i.e. you now have to become a racist. Uh, have you not? And do you understand, privately, the HR directors, privately, many of the C-level employees think this is hogwash. But nobody has courage. Nobody. David and Goliath 
all of the big warriors. Oh, we're not going to do it. Oh, oh, they beat up Jimmy, so we're not going to go do that. And the littlest guy in the room, the only guy with courage, stood up to the bullies, stood up to the bad guys. Oh, I'm just a associate of whatever. I'm not going to. Well, you better. Right? Dennis Prager says it best. Right? You guys know Dennis is a, is a friend. He endorses us. He's been a client for quite a while. I don't know, four years or something. What he says is very clear. He says, Eric, there's those three different people. He said it on the air. He hasn't just said it to me. There's the fighters. There's those that help the fighters. And then there's everybody else. Which is, by the way, the largest number is the those that do nothing. So if you can't get in there and fight, if you're not comfortable speaking at the school board meeting or the PTA board meeting or the uh, city council meeting, then, then, then fine. Then start writing checks, licking stamps, writing letters. Support the fighters. You know, what? I, I did not work on the police department when they had the cameras. It was uh, well before that. But today, you know, police officers have cameras on their chest and you, you all see the police video shows and right all these videos. You can go to YouTube and watch this stuff for the for the rest of your life and not be bored because they have to release the videos. It's right away. I'm OK with that. Right. But then you have to put body cam on the city councilman. Why don't we have a body cam on the president of Coca-Cola? Listen, you understand that city council. And the state senators and the U.S. Congress people have more influence over your life than a police officer I'm never going to meet. Right? A police officer I never meet is not going to have any influence over my life if I never meet him, right? I just I didn't get stopped by him. I just always over there. But that is not true about school board or city council or state senators or state assemblymen. We need body cams on those legislators. We need body cams as they are going to pass legislation. We need to know what they're talking about. We need to know what they see behind the scenes. We need to have that public information. They are no no longer, if they're going to get a public paycheck, they are no longer allowed to have public, private conversations. Now, if they're going to have a conversation about their what they're having for dinner, or with their husband or their wife, that's not, that's not allowed to be released. I'm okay with that. Because you understand the way those police cameras work, it's always recording. And I think it's three minutes, if I'm not mistaken. There's a buffer of two or three minutes. Which means when you go to the bathroom, it's on. It means when you sit in the police car and you're talking about your date last night, it's on. When you're sitting with your partner and you're talking about the baseball scores, it's on. So if you went to the restroom and you come out and you get into an incident, it starts recording and it does not override it. That means there's always three minutes until there's an incident and then going forward, right? You hit the lights, you turn on the lights. It starts now moving forward and recording. Now, oh, don't worry. Nobody's going to ever see that. Those, uh, those bathroom pictures. Nobody's going to ever hear that baloney. Men and women from all police departments have been fired for stuff they've said or done that never planned on being out in the public. But by chance it was because there was an incident within that two or three minute buffer. You need to now protest 
at the city council meetings, at the school board meetings, that they have to have body cam uh, video because they are affecting your children's lives. Oh, Eric, such drama. Well, let me be clear. You're a fighter, you support the fighters, or you do nothing. Oh, but that's the rules. Listen, they set the game. They set the rules. When are you going to play the game properly? Don't be a jerk. Don't light things on fire. Don't try to you know burn down police stations. Of course not. That's a ri- ridiculous. But I think you need to stand up for that. All right. I touched on a little bit, guys. Who is it that had their loans forgiven? Well, you remember some of these schools that were doing this <clears throat> oh, we're a private school. We can get you, uh, you know, ITT Tech. Remember that? Apparently considered a fraud, filed bankruptcy, defrauded students of countless things, including degrees, including uh, proper education, overcharged them for things. So the Biden administration has decided that ITT tech students that still had an outstanding balance, I think it was $500 million, something like that. It's it's a huge number. They were going to forgive it. Now, some of the kids had great degrees. Some went on to work in wonderful careers. Some didn't. My next question is, who are we holding accountable? Right? If If you're telling me that there was fraud that ITT tech was involved in, then that means there's a crime. And if there's a crime, that means somebody did something wrong, which means who? Find those people. I think if there are those bad guys out there, I think what you do is you, you put together a case, you present it to, the, to a grand jury, or you present it to the district attorney's office, and you say, would you file yes or no? I, I mean, a, a legitimate investigation apparently should be done. I don't know if it has been. Those people, if found guilty, if they did something wrong, should share a cell with the executives of Solyndra, right? Because remember, that was, that was, oh, wait. Oh, that was exactly $500 million as well. When President Obama shifted the debt uh, order, right, the order of who would be paid off first, and they shifted the executive compensation ahead of the, the government, ahead of those that were creditors, that were not of executive status and allowed the executive compensation, the executive shares to be paid before the government. Huh, that sounds like there's something wrong there. So let's see when that investigation begins because I'm ready to, to follow that one. I will cover it with you. Because you tell me what the difference is. Right. If you're telling me that there are problems here. Then somebody needs to go to jail. If you're telling me there's problems here and somebody scammed somebody over something. Well, then somebody needs to be held accountable, right? I've got the way to fix this. It's pretty simple. (laughs) Simple body cams on all of our congressmen. Right. I think we should have body cams on AOC, body cams on Ted Cruz. I'm okay with that. They're going to require law enforcement officers to be under that kind of pressure 
to be such fine-tuned individuals, people that I would never meet, right? I, I'm never going to meet the, the law enforcement officers in 99.999% of this country that have to wear body cams. But I know that 100% of the legislation passed by our U.S. congressmen and women is going to impact me. I don't think the president has to have one just yet. I just think it'd be embarrassing and there'd be some national safety issues because the international community would see President Biden you know, stumbling over uh, his tuna fish sandwich from Subway and try to figure out why it doesn't taste like tuna fish. I don't know. I think eventually you're going to see some or all of the people um, in power that need to be held to the same accountability. Uh, I think you're going to see them being forced to make a decision, right? And it has to be you. You have to get involved. Hey, last thing I want to touch on. Uh, let me know at, at uh, 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Let me know if you want us to discuss some of the ideas about the housing prices, because we're getting some information from a lot of our listeners that the housing uh, craze, of course, the craziness that's still moving forward, that's still going at a breakneck speed, that still has 20 or 30 uh, offers for every single home that's up for sale. If that's impacting you, if you want to know a little bit more about it, we can get into that and dive down and talk about the why and talk about the how, why it's happening and how you can succeed. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for being part of the show. 888-99-RETIRE. That's our number, 888-997-3847. That number can get you anywhere in the country because sometimes folks travel and they move, especially those leaving some of the higher tax states. We hear you. Thanks for being part of our show. We want to thank you because every week at this time, we are here for you. And we're not possible unless you join us. You have a blessed week. I'm Eric Hallaby. This is... The Total Financial Hour. Have a wonderful day. Now higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Now Arab has a plan for me. Higher income strategy. I'll retire comfortably.